What is up? What is up? First of all, it's been a it's been a great time over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've been we've been having a lot of fun, and it's got award got award week, baby. First of all, I want to make sure that you all can hear my illustrious co-host, the co-host with the most, the infamous person of all of the games you like to play. His name is Slomo Backslap, and I want everybody to know that they can hear you, Slomo. So can you please speak and let these be these people hear your beautiful voice? If they can hear me, there will also be uh hearing me let you know that you got the wrong topics on the screen. Oh yeah, I know that. I'm waiting. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't speak. I gotta put the right ones up. But oh. the fact that they can hear you. It's amazing, slow-mo. You know why? Because before, la the last couple of weeks, we had a little technical difficulty. Uh, it was user error. It's not a technical difficulty. It was user error, as you said. Well, user error does happen in this world, and I, I do appreciate everybody. But, but with that being said, our topic list today is a good one. We're going to be talking about God of War Ragnarok Impressions. Elder Ring versus God of War, which wins game of the year? The two early predictions because neither one of us beat God of War or Ragnarok yet. The Gears of True. War animated series is coming to Netflix, and is it going to be better than Halo? Halo show? <laughs> it's not hard to beat that. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> look, man, look, look, it's, it's not hard to beat that. I, I, I am not. Look, it, I'm not saying the Halo show was good, but let's not. You know, Netflix has had some duds. They've they've been doing yeah, better recently. Uh the animated stuff has been far better than the live action stuff. So I mean, but they're doing we'll, look, we'll get into it because they're yeah, they're, right. they're doing we'll both. So, yeah. So yeah. Call of Duty 2023 could be paid expansion DLC for Modern Warfare 2. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, this was for this is for slow-mo. Destiny 2C is a huge player drop. Here is season 18. We're going to talk about that. As it should. Remedy announces Control 2. What should we expect from it? And, and, and the game that we all love the most. You know, some people have it number one. Some people have it number two or three. But Bioware teases the next Mass Effect with a gift on N7 Day, which is November 7th for all you people that didn't know. Uh, so got a lot of stuff to talk about. But first, I want to dive into what my... My homie's been doing because, you know, shout out to him being flexible. You know, I had I had some family stuff that came up that I had to take care of yesterday. So we had to move the podcast to today. And, you know, Slomo is he's a he's a gem and I love him so much. And that's the only reason we were able to move the show to today. So I want to know what he has been doing for the last eight days since the last time we did this podcast. What's been up with you, bro? Well, um, up until about Tuesday. All I was doing was playing uh, Call of Duty multiplayer, Rogue Company. Uh, I beat, so the last time that we spoke, uh, last time we did the podcast, I was like probably halfway through God of War 2018. And I, I man, I, I was burning the midnight oil, man. I was, I was putting it in, the work in last weekend. And I beat God of War 2018 on, um, on uh 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 pc so i played it in native 4k no dynamic resolution stuff uh max settings 
didn't even need DLSS or anything like that. 60 frames per second. Great. Now, I'm so glad I did that because everything is so fresh in my mind going into Tuesday where I have literally only have I, I, I've only played two other games since God of War came out. And I've only played those two games. They are Halo Infinite and Grounded because of friends who wanted to play them. Otherwise, I, I just would have been playing God of War. And that's all I've been playing, but I've been so glad that like I actually put the time in to do my rerun of God of War 2018 because they they make little references to things that are fresh in my mind that I know if I didn't play through it again and hadn't actually experienced the story again for like the past four years, I've been like, yo, who was that? Who were they talking about? So it's it's been it's been a joy. I've been having a lot of fun with it. What about you, man? What, what, what you been playing? Ah, uh, man. So for myself, started out the week playing a little NBA 2K. I also well, I finished my God of War my God of War run last week on PC, but I was also playing Destiny a little bit this week because they had double Nightfall reward. So trying to get ready for the next season. But I also knew as soon as Tuesday hit, <laughs> it was a wrap. So I did the midnight, picked up my copy of the game that night, and um, been pretty much full tilt outside of, I think, probably an hour and a half, two hours that I was running a little bit of... Um, I mean, we might as well just run into God of War impressions. That's literally the first part. Just going to the first yeah, topic. Yeah. Going into, if we go, let's, let's, we we got to switch over to the great, the great God of War game. <laughs> gotta switch over so good but yeah man that's all i've been doing man i mean call of duty is awesome and i guess we could talk about your impressions i forgot about it we could talk about your impressions i know you probably saw the dmz stuff for call of duty because we are very very in de um, deep into that game too so what your thoughts are on that is so we can add that to the call of duty uh conversation when we get to it but yeah god of war man um i didn't expect it i mean i expected to be good I ain't expect it to be this good. I didn't expect it to. I didn't expect it. I. It, it's kind of hard to, to say. It's like, it, it was already a great game in 2018, but they fixed every issue I've had with that game, and that is. So, and I haven't had any bugs. Like this is. I, I don't even want to say. Per, this is like the perfect game to be a sequel of one of the best games that ever released the best re it's still one of the best reimaginations i feel like they've ever done um things that people thought would not work in a god of war game they made work back in 2018 and they refined it even more so slow-mo you how many hours do you have into it i have 18 hours in the game 18 hours man <laughs> 18 so this man has literally put almost a couple of days worth of god of war in his brain between 2018 it's not even day. one day no no no. i'm talking about between playing 2018 too you just finished 2018 oh yeah yeah, so yeah. and that took two, me about 20 like i i didn't do a lot of the quests in in 2018 although i'm doing all the quests in ragnarok i mean all the side quests that is uh just the base story so for uh for 2018 is like 2022 20, hours somewhere in, in that range so i think i think i ended at 21 hours and uh so i got 18 so far and i don't i i don't know if i'm close to the internet it's been it's kind of hard to tell 
but uh are we are we okay um i was about to uh i forgot what your question was what was your question so what is your so what is your thoughts of just the experience of the game so far well i think they 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 well, this I have to give Celine Santa Monica a lot of credit here. They, the game first game was excellent. It won game of the year, and they still went into this one with the intention to improve upon all the criticisms that people had of the first game. And there weren't many criticisms, right? But people had an issue with the repetitive boss fights. It was always you're fighting the troll. You know, for the for the most part of the like the mid the mid level bosses, it was always a troll. People uh, had um, just like little little issues here and there, and they addressed everything. And I think that I think that uh, the game has has kind of like set a little a little bit of a standard now for for even for playstation studios when it comes to how to do a sequel and for anyone calling this dlc like i think that if you play the game you will realize this is not dlc like dlc first of all dlc the implication of dlc is that it is a part of a previous uh, of of a actual full-fledged game like you can't even own it without owning the actual game, the original game the DLC is a part of. But even if you wanted to call it an expansion or like, this isn't Miles Morales, this isn't Lost Legacy. The story is far too vast. They've put far too much time and and created like so much new stuff in this for this to be just an expansion. It's just not. If you look at like, how one of the complaints of the, the the previous game was, oh, you know, we we see about all these realms that we don't get to experience. Where you won't get to experience all of them in this game, you know, and it's and it's just it's 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 such a a like breath of fresh air, I would say, considering um, a lot of the other content that's come out this year that has tried to be kind of in the same vein as this, but just not as well done. So I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, the side quests are the kind of side quests. Like I I do get the uh, the similarity that was brought between Witcher Three side quests, which are very detailed. I wouldn't say they're quite on the level as Witcher Three side quests. They are good side quests though. Like they you can end up spending. This isn't like copy pasta, which you would get with Ubisoft. Um, when it comes to side quests, this is like you'll you'll do a side quest, for example, and it'll have multiple stages of the side quest. The way you would have a main quest have multiple stages to the quest. In addition to that, you also get other minor quests, uh, side quests that will be will be asked of you that you could do while there are like kind of strategically put on the way to you completing your side quest so it's 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 kind of smart game design in that um the 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 worlds are all like every realm 
is very different. Like you look at a realm and you'd be like, yeah, that, I know that realm because it's like, it's like, um, it's like, like a waterland kind of thing or a, 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 uh, rainforest kind of look to it. Or, you know, like Midgard now is just all snow or, you know, all the other realms all look vastly different. And it's, it's, it, look, it, the game looks amazing. It, it plays amazing. It's, it's pretty good. I like it, man. I know I'm kind of gushing over here, but Listen, go ahead, man. What, what are your thoughts? Listen, man. Um, I am a huge, um, I am a huge proponent, a component to a a game that has weight to it. Like it makes you. Some people don't like it because it makes you feel like you're a little stiff. But the way that they implemented in this game, and somebody said, I think it was um. Firestar said it in the chat. The movement feels quicker because Atreus, uh, Atreus doesn't feel like a he doesn't feel like you're carrying him everywhere. He doesn't feel like you. He feels like an actual competent, you know, AI comp- you know component that actually leads the way in certain situations. You don't feel like you have to like ba- and you never really. I think you had to babysit him in the last one. He really couldn't take damage or anything like that. But it just seems like they opened it up to, you know, being able to utilize him a little bit more. So it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a crutch when you're when he's there. And it makes the gameplay just flow so much better. And um, I think I only unlocked probably I don't even know if I unlocked five percent of what like you can do inside this game when it comes to the overall skill tree, not the skill tree, but like your combat tree and everything. Oh there's, yeah, there's yeah, so there, there's many a lot different there. ways you can go, and not only just when it comes to your Leviathan axe, even with the Blaze of Chaos, there's an upgrade tree for that. Um, you know, stat mitigation when it comes to like going for more defense, for more offense, and more strength and everything. I think that's really, really cool. The thing I'm enjoying the most. Oh, we got a spell check. Oh, we do. Oh Lord, where is it at? Uh, he'll tell me. Uh, Taz will let us know. Yeah, go ahead. He'll, he'll let us know. Um. I love Taz, but no, it's like as I'm playing the game and I'm playing it, shout out to Taz, you know, gave me a really good deal on my surround sound system that um, he gave to me. I I was looking at like, how can I record gameplay because my capture card is hooked up to my PC and shout out to shout out to PlayStation for still having the more the best way yeah. to record your gameplay. It's so simple. It's Yo, simple. just simple. You literally just hold just, down the 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 share button and you're recording. And you're uh, recording I, directly yeah. to the hard drive on the system. And then guess what you could do after that slow mo? Hook up your external hard drive and transfer it. Oh my Yo. god! Listen, I was like, I'm gonna. This game will never see my PC monitor ever. I mean, maybe when I it will see it when it finally comes to PC because I definitely want to see what it's like at a hundred and something plus frames per second. That would be oh, and, and all the all the visual and upgrades, all the visual upgrades and stuff. They, they need a they need a role with uh I, I for, I'm, I'm for continuing to keep forget the name of they didn't use Nexus for God of War, uh they it, but they also didn't use Iron Galaxy who sucks at doing ports. I, I can't remember who it was they used, but they did a great job. And they need yeah. to use them again on Ragnarok. Just use them again because Nixus is busy. So yeah, yeah but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, but like the sound design in this game um is pretty awesome. Like 
when you hit somebody, like when you're doing like the kill animations and you run somebody up against the wall and you're hitting them with the axe or with the blaze of chaos, you just hear that thump, like boom, boom, boom. I feel like, yo, my floor is shaking. Like it is so like the thing about this game I love is the immersion. Like that is something that, and I hate to like compare, you know, games, but you know, you take, you know, Xbox's flagship game, Halo, when you had those combat scenarios, it was good, but did you really feel or hear what was happening in the game? It just feels like this was like designed on a whole nother level, and that brings you even more into what they're trying to achieve with the game. And the game is freaking massive. Like I, I I'm I'm 12 hours in. And what you're seeing right now, I didn't want to put any gameplay of, you know, any of the story beats. We're just doing a side quest right now and going to Slowmo's point. This side quest took about 30, 40 minutes to do because it's a three part quest where you got to go to three different places. And uh, I really, really enjoy stuff like that. Um, you could kind of get lost in just doing side quests and not even progressing the story. Hey, 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 real quick, you know what's hilarious? What's that? The humor in this game is really good. And there's a oh. lot of little... The There's a lot of little meta moments that, oh, like, yeah. I, I, one of them is kind of a spoiler. We we, we ain't going to talk about, about you or it's the boat. In the boat. Uh, no, not that one. That that wouldn't be a spoiler. I talk about one, the one very early on, like the first big fight. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, like for example, you you just mentioned how this the quest that you're showing in the gameplay right now is a three part quest. Um. I I remember now I'm, I'm I'm much further along than where where you would be in the story. I, I know you're further along than where this gameplay is, but just like I'm further along than where this is in the story. Oh yeah, you're definitely That's it. further along than this. A lot of the the side quests, although they're very detailed and they have very good stories and they 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 they're you know they're they're very well done. This isn't copy pasta, but they're all three part three part uh, three part quests. And I was sitting earlier today. I'm doing one, and I'm just like, "This is my third attempt to find this thing." Yeah, this is definitely the location that I've been looking for. And then Mamir goes, "You ever noticed that we go on these quests, and it's always the third location?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "How?" <laughs> that I was thinking that. I mean, it was just like they realized we've used this mechanic multiple times already. Let's let's just kind of let the the the, the the player know that hey, look, we know, we know. And and it's it's just like little smart dialogue like that that uh, I appreciate. Um, it kind of breaks the monotony of you feeling like you're doing the same thing over and over when you get something like it kind of it kind of resets your brain a little bit. Yeah, but but it, even then, it's not like it's not like okay. For example, I'm going to use the division as an example. The division will have side quests where it's like stand at this location and wait for the the JTF, which is like the 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 task force that you're working with, to come pick up these these assets that you're protecting from gang members in in New York City, and it's like. The first time you do that, you you you'd be like, all right, you know, I did, I, I held it down for two minutes, cool, you know, typical wait here and and deal with waves of enemies kind of quest, all right. But then 
you find out like there's a quest like that in every single borough in New York in the division. And there's no variance. There's no change. There's nothing different with it. By the time you get to the east side of the map, you're sick and tired of that kind of side quest. Some people will probably would choose just, I'm not doing it no more because I'm tired of seeing the same dialogue and the same the same mission structure. The, the difference between what God of War Ragnarok does and your typical other AAA game is that even though it may be a three-part mission structure, the location is completely different. What you're, what you're doing and your motivation of doing it for is completely different. There is a ton of like dialogue and story elements that help that, that give you your motivation or to keep you engaged in the story in order to, to really just like, like keep that, keep it fresh, you know? And so it's like, it's so different compared to what you get from your typical uh your typical triple a game now the reason why i say it's not as quite as good as the witcher is because the witcher side quests or even hey look cyberpunk side quests are done the same way they don't have a set structure of like three parts it could be five parts it could be two parts It, it all and they vary it up so much that like you don't quite know like you're not going to have that moment like I did where I was like, well, this is going to be the end of this, this side mission because I'm on the third location, you know? So it's, it's a little different there. Yeah. No, that's, that's, a, that's good observation because, um, I, now that you say it, I noticed on the two that I have done, they have all been three. And, uh, I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Cause as long as you're enjoying the combat and enjoying the story elements that they're giving you, that's all that kind of matters. Um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, man, I mean, this game is just something. I, it's it's kind of hard to kind of comprehend how well this game has been received, not only from gamers in general. Uh, shout out to all the stores in my area. We're completely sold out of this game. I still have people coming in looking for it. I'm like, man, I wish I had something for you. People still looking for physical. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I'm, I'm just joking. People, no, um, people still out here looking when, for that when, physical. When copy. we, when we, when we get offline, I want you to tell me where you're at so I can at least discuss. Because, okay. like, I want to discuss parts of the story, but of course, we're not going to do that. The game came out three days ago. Yeah. So we're not going to do that. Yeah, we probably on the show. We probably won't give a full like our full thoughts and stuff. Probably not give it. Even, let's give it like two weeks. Yeah, I'm saying, give like, it like two weeks. Yeah, exactly. At that Everybody point, if you haven't beat the game yet, that's really kind of on you. And you probably were just waiting to play the game. And in that case, you know, like you might want to skip that section of the podcast. But we'll give it two weeks before we start discussing yeah. real like like spoiler kind of stuff. Yeah, but elements and stuff. I, I I feel like so much that they changed is a spoiler. Like the things that I, I want to talk about that are drastic changes to, it's not necessarily a drastic change to the gameplay, but still yet a change to the gameplay that I can't really speak about because it's a spoiler. And it would, and, and, but in where I'm at right now, like I can't discuss anything in detail of where I'm at right now because it's a spoiler. Uh, what I did notice, I don't know if you noticed this or not. The boss fights are more difficult in the side missions than in the main missions. Yes, they are. Because where I'm at right now, 
of course, no details, but I'm doing a side mission. And I just, like, this random boss just showed up. And I kind of figured it was going to happen, uh, the, the person that showed up, just because Mamira kept referencing where this person was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, you keep bringing it up. I'm going to see him eventually. And I have died, like, four times in a, in a row. So I was just like, I was like, let me put a pin in this. Uh, I'm about to do the podcast. Maybe uh, I can come at this with uh, uh, less frustration once the podcast is over. But, um. Yeah, I've noticed the, the the side mission uh bosses are are more difficult, which I think is I think makes sense cuz you you're going to have your more hardcore gamers doing all the side quests. They're going to be the ones that are be going to be readily want to take on that kind of challenge versus your more casual player. It don't really care about the side missions. Just really just really invested in the story. And they probably just going to be like, mm, you know what? No, I, if 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 the a main quest boss is this difficult, they may put the game down and not finish it. You know. Right. So I think that's probably why they did that. Which is also probably the reason why I think Elden Ring did something similar. A lot of except for maybe Elden Beast, um, that everyone hates, uh, because he's a cheap boss. But uh, the more difficult uh bosses Radon, uh 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 millennia blade of milica um who gives everyone nightmares um and ptsd uh those cat those those bosses were were optional you didn't have to actually fight them but you if you wanted you know to get the best gear and new weapons and armor and stuff like that yeah you went on ahead and you 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 went on ahead and fought them, you know, even even pre pre nerfs for Radon. But no, um, I uh, I can see myself. I don't know if I'm pl- I'm, a, I'm a platinum this game or not. I platinumed Elden Ring. This one I don't know. I think I I'm still like yeah, that's a good that would be a good follow up question. But go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah, because I'm doing everything. Like, I see it. There's a quest available. I do it. And I see how, like, if you... They're they're counting how many... There's probably going to be a trophy for it. But, like, they're... I haven't checked the trophy list. I don't know. But they're counting how many, like, chests you open. How many, how many uh, um, like, slabs with ruins on it that you read. They're counting all that stuff, so I'm pretty sure if I read them all or I read a certain number, there's going to be a trophy involved with that. And I, I'm just like, every time I see something, I just go to it. Can I can I get in there? Can I figure it out? Like I, I, I complete one side quest, and then like, oh, there's a whole area above us, and it's like the the the, the characters around you will mention that, and you'll be like. Hmm. Maybe I should go up there and check that out. Next thing you know, like you're you're in doing a whole different thing for the next thirty minutes. It's uh, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. And you know, moving on from that, because you know, the further we go, the more and more we want to just spoil this game, and we don't. Right. But moving on from that. You brought up Elden Ring, and that was a good comparison mm-hmm. to the point that you just said that you platinum Elden Ring, 
what is the reason, you know, before we even get into the whole game of the year discussion, what is the reason you think you platinum Elden Ring? And did you know you were going to platinum Elden Ring as you were playing it before you got to the point where you said, I'm going to do this this early? What was the reason you did it in that and you don't think you'll do it in this? Uh, I'm sorry, because I was replying to somebody. I, I'll just say it and shout out to Mitchie. Mitchie. Mitchie said, I didn't think you were a completionist. I'm really not. I'm only really a completionist when I'm really, really feeling a game. Then I become a completionist. And that's, so, and yeah. that's why I'm asking, Like, what was it in Elder Ring that made you say, I want to platinum this game versus right now you're saying, man, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know how much time I put in the game. Man. I could not play any, when Elden Ring came out, I could not play anything else. You couldn't, I know. I, I, I literally only played Elden Ring. I it came out in February. I played it all February and, and well, for the rest of February, because it came out like later in February, but for the rest of February in all of March. And when other people say they platinum uh, Elden Ring, I, no shade to anybody who did this, but a lot of them save script, which like this, it is what it is. You're you're able to do it, then fine, you do it. Yeah. Um, uh, but save scrubbing is you have one playthrough, you save, and then off off uh, you you save your your uh, your game save near the end, um, and put it somewhere else. And then you reference that save back after you beat the game because uh, with Elden Ring, in order to get the platinum or to 100% it, you have to get three specific endings out of the six. And I didn't do that. I actually had four different characters. <laughs> so I beat the game uh, with all those characters and just made sure that I, I, got, I did the endings that were uh, a part of the trophies. And so, um, I, that, that was just, I was already playing like these completely different builds on completely separate versions of, of, a, of a playthrough of the game. I was just, I was just that invested in it. Now, uh, someone, uh, Michi asked me, did I platinum God of War 2018? I did not. God, I like God of War 2018. I that year I actually enjoyed Red Dead 2 and even Spider-Man more than God of War 2018. So for me I although I had fun with it and I thought it was a, a high quality game and deserving a game of the year. Uh once I beat the main story, I was good. I didn't even go fight the Valkyries. I I just I was good. I moved on to other stuff. Um that was a true end game right there. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was your 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 post game content that was, was your the Valkyrie. True end game was the Valkyrie. <laughs> now I I beat the story, had you know spread the ashes, walked off the cliff, not not, not walked the cliff, walked down the cliff with uh with um with Atreus, and saw the the credits roll, went back to the house, you know, saw the whole you know after uh credit scene with Thor showing up. I did all that, and then I, I I didn't load up God of War on PlayStation again. And but this game, man, I'm this is I think it's the extra stuff that they did, the little things. I said this on Twitter. My favorite thing that they improved from the previous game is the fact now you have the option to auto pick up items. Yeah. Like just being able to walk over something and and pick it up instead of having to hit that button is 
it's a time saver and it it, it saves oh, on my annoyance. Turned on. Yeah. I need to turn that on. I, I I went through I went through the options and stuff before I even started the game, and I saw that there, and I was like, yes, <laughs> immediately was like turned it on. I I have not played this game without that on, and it's it's great. It's great. The only time I can't pick things up is when some items don't allow you to be picked up because enemies are still around. The enemies are still and around. So um I just wait until the enemies are dead and then i'm literally just running to where those items are across the map and as soon as i run over it, it just like kratos does the animation and you know picks it up and moves on and i'm just you know it's it's a it's an instant time saver i love it but it's like little things like that have really cut down on my annoyance on on things and, and i'm not saying god of war 2018 annoyed me but there was enough little things that made me just say, let me just finish the uh, the main game and move on. And so far, like, I mean, it didn't have side quests like these, you know, and, and this, this is, uh, it's, it's definitely a step up yeah. now. Okay. I was going to say it could comparing it to Elden ring, Elden ring, the side quests in this game, or it's this is going to be really difficult because Elden Ring, I think, is a generation defining game. I also kind of feel like this is a generation defining game as well, but not so much as Elden Ring will be. Um, there are things that both of them do that are better than the other. Like, the, I think, I think these games, when it comes to terms of like impact. Uh, on the gamer, they're they're both very very close with that. Like for example, like this game we talked about how the side quests are done so well. The yeah. side quests in Elden Ring are terrible. They're so they're 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 poorly done because from software doesn't like they have this thing where like it you don't have to have like a uh, uh, a like in Fable, where there's, there's like a little bright little little like shimmering light that just showing you where to go. You don't have to do that, but give a brother a hint or something. Like, give me anything that says what am I supposed to do next here, instead of having to go to a YouTube video because somebody figured it out eventually. And and like a great example of that in Elden Ring is when you're doing the Ronnie side quest, and so Ronnie is this uh demigod demigoddess who uh she has the power to like transfer her soul into different bodies and so she transferred her soul into a doll and you find this doll but like there is zero indication from the game at all of what you do with that doll it's just look you find the doll in a casket and you're just like all right and there's a there's a grace which is like a, a save point or whatever nearby. You go to the grace, and there's an option at, now at the grace to talk to Doll. But it's like if you didn't like anyone who says they just knew automatically to do that is freaking lying. You are a liar and a bad one at that. Nobody would just oh. I have to go talk to this doll. I'll only be able to talk to this doll at a grace site. Let me go to a grace. Who? 
Only a developer who worked on the game would think that. And it's little things like that with Elden Ring side quests that are just unnecessarily difficult for no reason. It's not difficult because the game is difficult. The game's already, like, it's a from software game. It's probably the easiest from software game, but it's still a from software game where, you know, you're going to get bodied. But, like, difficulty with just knowing where the hell to go, that's not, like, what you want to be difficult in the game. I don't want to be confused. Because you, you you suck at explaining things, you know? And so, definitely, this game has that over Elden Ring. I think Elden Ring has lore, better lore than, than, than Ragnarok. You know, even though it's Ragnarok's lore and story is great. Story, I, story and lore are two different things. And I think, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think, I think the story, this is the thing, I think the story in God of War just from a presentation standpoint is phenomenal but I think Elder Ring to your point kind of puts it together in a way that is kind of different not the traditional way that you would kind of take the story in a lot of it has to do with um, environments and stuff like that um just the a lot of reading the mythos of mm -hmm. the game and everything like that where god of war is more of the traditional storytelling where you got a character that talks you know and you have uh protagonists inside of that game and antagonists inside of the game that have either love hate relationships with you it's a it's a lot to it yeah i i, I think lore i always say this that like and i say this in my Elden ring review and check it out if you haven't watched it um oh my god wait a minute did you just see that? This what? this island I'm on right now. I came to it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And I just noticed when I turn right here, see those gold bricks on the ground? Yeah, you, you were supposed to blow it I was up. Supposed yeah. to blow that up. I right, just right. No, I literally <laughs> just noticed that right now because I was like, oh, I'll figure this out later. I did I, I literally said I'll figure this out later and I'll come back. And I literally Dude, just multiple seen it times. right now. Multiple times with like the puzzles in this game, I have been just I, when once I realized what I was supposed to do, I feel like a dummy. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like a complete dummy. I'm just like, how did I miss that? I like it, and it's, it's it. some it's of the not. most minor stuff that just like, bam, my brain is just I'm I'm working on on nothing right now, or or I just I, I don't know what's this going also, on. My eyes stuck. Well, this was also from um, I want to say. This was last night at about two in the morning because I played to like four thirty last night. Mm -hmm. So this was probably around the beginning parts of me playing, starting to play like around one thirty two o'clock. And yeah. then it was like I was already, and then I was like, "But I got to work tomorrow, but I got to get this God of War." <laughs> yeah. Now, what I'm saying about like story and lore, story is the story that's being told right now, like. Kratos and and Atreus, Atreus, I keep saying his name wrong. Atreus going through this realm, trying to you know achieve a certain goal. That's the story of the game. It's what you're seeing and is being told in the moment. Lore is the context, the background information. What is the and you get the lore from this section from um. Uh, Mimir explaining to to Kratos 
why the the uh um the you're there to destroy these factories because of the smokestacks and how they're destroying the environment and how Mimir was complicit with Odin and in, in tricking the dwarfs into building these factories not knowing the damage they were doing to their own world in their own environment that's lore you know it's 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 information you don't need but it makes everything so much richer you know it makes it makes the motivation of what you're doing and why you're doing it better uh i think the lore in this game is great especially because it's building off of a lot, of, a lot of norse mythology so all the characters that you see are just like yeah i know that guy i know i know this person i know that person i'm saying names because then that'd be spoilers but i know these people you know because i've read about these people you know and 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 you know in in english literature class and stuff like that but i think the lore in elden ring is better because in elden ring you can get the full history of a character that would just and it's like some epic stuff. It's some stuff that like you almost wish was a part of the actual story in the game to actually see it. There are characters that like you will have the know the entire history of. And all you saw in the game of that character was their dead arm. <laughs> I mean, it's just like literally that's all you saw. Or or for the uh, Queen America, you know, her desiccated corpse is all you really see of her. But she's so influential in the entire, like, lore and story of the world. So it's just, it's like so different between um, both of those elements. But I, I think I prefer, even though the combat, I'm having a ton of fun with the combat. And God, well, you know, oh, this is, this is difficult now that I think about it. <laughs> because I'm having fun with the changes they made with the with the com with the combat in this game, but it, even though those changes are there and they are fun and excellent, Elden Ring has way more build diversity, and you know how I am when it comes to build four, diversity. That's why you have four characters, right? Exactly, because I always want to do something different and try something else out, and in Elden Ring. Build diversity is based upon your weapons. So if you have a specific weapon, for example, the uh, I forgot what I forgot the name of some of these weapons. But, oh, the uh, the sword of I think uh, of ice and ice and storm. I think it was ice and fire. Whatever. I'm, I'm, actually, it might be Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, but there's a yeah, but there, there's a, a specific sword that has uh, faith magic and and intelligence magic to it and it changes how you play the game you you could basically change you would if you get this sword you really want to make the best use of it you would actually build completely redo respect your build your skill tree your your stats and everything around maximizing the ability of that weapon i had a one of my my third character in elden ring was this uh this woman who had uh her all her abilities were faith based and i had this uh black knife that was used to assassinate like a bunch of people but this black knife 
Knight and Flame. Thank you. Thank you, Firestar. Uh, that's the name of the other sword. But this this Black Knight, it had this special move where she, where she would jump up in the air and she would like hang in the air like the Matrix. And then she would do this spin and then this Black Flame would come out of the knife and hit whoever I was actually like aiming at and it would take all this damage and do damage all uh, at the time just burning them afterwards and and i would spec my entire build around being able to use that for ranged combat and then switch to another faith-based attack for closer melee you see what i'm saying where it's like you get different you get more options in this game for combat but it ain't on that level right you know what i mean so i think when it comes down to it you're looking at two excellent games that came out this year and for game of the year. I feel like I'm, I'm long enough. I've spent enough hours into God of war where I can, I haven't finished it. I'm, I, I, I don't want to say that I haven't finished it. Cause I'm not going to say which game is better, but, but you even if where the game is going though, right, right. And I can see the story is excellent. And I can see where, like, how it could be a game where a lot of people say this game is better than Elden Ring. That said, I don't think, and I've said this multiple times, a game being better than another game doesn't mean it's going to win Game of the Year. Or win any nomination. Yeah. Especially when you're that close. Right. And it's because it's all about who is voting on this. Um, I said it when um, last year when people was like, "Yo, oh, Returnal is going to be nominated, going to be a Game of the Year nominee," and I was like, "No, it ain't." Why? Is, why is it not? Because Returnal was hard. And think about the people that are reviewing that reviewed the game. A lot of those reviewers, two left thumbs, are voters with their two left thumbs. You may have loved Returnal, they didn't. It's not getting nominated. And did it did it get nominated? When a game is a gaming community darling, and I'm not saying either of these games are darlings, but just like usually that's just like the case. Like we 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 see that we call it the snub list. Yeah. Oh, Fire Emblem Three Houses didn't get nominated. Mm-hmm. And then for player's choice, Fire Emblem Three Houses was nominated for Game of the Year and player's choice just because people was pissed that what didn't get a nomination. That game wasn't wasn't gushed over by by the critics. They didn't care about that game. So it's like It's true. They did. We have to look at it from a broader perspective. Even if you feel God of War Ragnarok is a better game than Elden Ring. Elden Ring might still win Game of the Year, but the thing just is, because of the impact that it had. Yep, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And but the biggest thing for me now, not having to play Elden Ring, but just being a person that you know, was probably the closest you can be to Elden Ring without playing it, because I saw the impact up close and personal with people coming into the store buying it and asking them what was their reasons for doing it. That the thing is, God of War is culturally a more accepted game. More people mm-hmm. uh, rock with games like that, even though it's still considered, you know, you know, on a grand scheme of 
like high selling games is still considered niche because Spider-Man is like 20 million. So in God of War hasn't even come close to that number yet. And this one probably still won't. And this one won't come close to it either just because Spider-Man has like that, that, that worldwide appeal. More people can play that game. Most, a lot of people can't, you know, you're not going to let your five-year-old play something like, you know, God of War. Yeah. You're not everybody, everybody appeals to Spider-Man. It doesn't does. matter. Every, all the major regions that you got people who love Spider-Man, where they are hardcore gamers, casual gamers, no gamers at all. You, you have, you'll have Spider-Man fans buying a Spider-Man game and don't even, like... Man. Yep. <laughs> forgot they had a PlayStation for for a good portion of the, yeah, <laughs> of the and, time. And the and the biggest thing is like when you look at that, the Souls community is even more niche than that, like mm -hmm. super niche. And the fact that you had that many people and that many copies of that game sold, and people buzzing and talking about it, and it only and the only reason this conversation is being had the way it's being had is because a lot of people. Uh, recency bias. You know, people yes. are playing God of War right now, and you know, in in Elden Ring was in February, so you know it's also a ton of capping because oh, you got people out here saying things about Elden Ring that is one thousand percent not true. And I'm just like, did yeah. you play this game? Because uh, I can't tell if you played the game or not because you don't seem to know what you're talking about. Right. Go ahead, continue. No, no right. yeah. And so, so I'm still. Like this fight is a lot closer than I thought it would be. I mean, I'm I I'm, agree. A, I'm a huge God of War fan, and I didn't think that God of War had a had a chance at heck beating Elder Ring for game of the year because I just didn't expect them to do the things that they did with this game. I didn't ex usually when it comes to a story, the story's good, but it doesn't like kind of hit like the first one did. Not too many games do that. That's why we consider games like Mass Effect 2 to be like one of the greatest games of all time because there isn't too many games out there that literally one up the original game that way to make itself stand apart from its, you know, its counterpart or from its um, prequel and stuff. Mm -hmm. And this game has kind of done that. But the thing is, it's going up against a game that literally defined a completely, a, a, a genre of game that, was the niche of the niche. Like the five percent of not even five percent of the community played games like Elder Ring. And we saw that game hit heights that we never saw a game like that hit. And just the impact of it alone, I feel is gonna be the thing. But God of War does have a fighting chance. And absolutely it, it, it's it's gonna be close and in, in the first time and this will be the first time I say slow mo's um his opinion on how game of the year works, especially when it comes to like how Red Dead and God of War went down last time. God of War might see itself on the opposite side of that spectrum this time. Right. And that might when <laughs> when you know best voice actor, best this, best sound design, best like you start seeing Ragnarok winning all that and Elden Ring is just is, is striking out. Go ahead and just just uh get ready to see that Elden Ring uh be called for game of the year because that, that tends to be Jeff Keighley's awards, I, I, you know, I, he, he can say whatever he wants about, you know, I don't have a, a, a say in the voting process. And I, I agree on, at least on that aspect that he doesn't vote, but I think he definitely does. And like the way stuff just tends to work out in, in certain ways, it, it seems like he's very, 
tuned in to make sure that all parties feel mm-hmm. feel uh le- are leaving as if they want something they got something and I, I i think that would be the case absolutely like if 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 elden ring is winning all the categories that they're they are nominated for then uh you it's put a fork in it it's it's, it's ragnarok for the the main win yeah um yeah, so with that being said, like we don't want to kill it. We want to have stuff to talk about later because there's a lot of stuff to talk about this game. The last thing I do want to ask, well, the last two things I want to ask you. One, I've been seeing a lot of people's gameplay. And you said you went in, and I'm going to turn on that auto pickup because that definitely comes in handy where you just, one less thing that you have to hit a button for. But there was other accessibility options in there too, like auto lock on. Do you have that mm-hmm. on? Auto lock on. Where, well, no, where, where does, it, it, it that, locks on to. It does up to three people. It locks on. Oh no, I don't have that on. I don't. I, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah, I noticed it. When I, I, I looked through the options, but I guess I just didn't realize that's what that meant. I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah, I noticed it. on some people's gameplay when I was looking at it. I was like, yeah, that camera snapping real quick to the next person. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have auto lock on. I. I, uh, I don't either. Um, it's. It does. The only thing harder. that I changed. Only thing I changed, I turned on performance mode, of course, because I gotta play at sixty FPS. And um, same, yeah, this is sixty. Uh, and I, I I turned on the auto pickup for items. I think that's it. I think everything else I kind of just left as is. All right, and I don't think I changed anything. All right, else. last thing. Um, uh, what difficulty are you playing on? I, what's the one that's right under Give Me God of War? Oh, oh um, Give Me No Mercy? Yeah. That's the one yeah, I'm playing. Oh, shout out to you. That's the one I'm playing yeah. on, too. Because, look, man, I'm, I'm, I am I'm won a challenge. I ain't trying to be here all day. I ain't trying to be here all day. <laughs> I was looking at it. I got things to do. I was looking at it like, okay, I played 2018 on the, the balance experience, the normal experience. And I was like, I want to kind of step it up because I feel like it, 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 this game does seem it's not as hard at that level as I think the last one was. But I also think yeah. it's mostly due to the fact that your character's move, free, free, uh, free of movement is way better in this. But you also get yeah. surrounded fast in this game. Yeah, I, I, I've no, I use the blades more when there's mobs yes. versus uh the axe when it's just like a, a, a few enemies there uh i i tend to like because the blades have more of an aoe like range of attack whereas the the axe is literally just you know it, it's 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 it doesn't have that kind of range so i i've done that i do notice a lot like like i talked about earlier about different regions having different kind of weather and different looking very different i definitely tend to end up using the weapon that is the counter to that region so like you're in the desert and there's a lot of flame enemies and stuff around or something like that i use the axe the the, the leviathan yeah. axe more uh, if I'm in Midgard, I'm almost exclusively using the blades unless I have to pull the axe out to do something puzzle wise or something like that. You know, it, it's it, it's just like those are the kind of choices that you that you make. Um, and I think they defined what was really necessary uh, really well uh, there. Um, um, but also, you, I mean, it, it's not like 
You can't use the Leviathan Axe in Midgar. Just don't do uh, as much damage to the enemies. It takes long. Right, and if you're playing on higher difficulties, it's just you, you should just try to stay here. Do your <laughs> right. You should just do yourself a favor and and switch to the blades because if you, if, especially now that like that some of the changes they made gameplay wise, like, we can say this uh, at least this part. Uh, the enemies in the first game, the like the people, the raiders and bandits that got kind of like cursed and turned into like ice people. Mm-hmm. They now have like this over this armor, this ice armor that you have to burn off and you can knock it off with the Leviathan axe, but it takes longer. Either, either it takes longer or I can't remember because I haven't actually been in mid well, in a, a while right now. They have like the, it's like they have like this shield over their shield where it's like yeah. it shows like, like you, yeah, it shows if you break that, that's like breaking their armor. And then you're at their health bar, and then you can work on their health bar with whatever weapon you want. But right, using, right, using that element you, you to use like the, take that is yeah. the best way to it, go about it. If you use the blades, you're knocking that that ice armor off almost like really fast versus the, the the you know the axe, and vice versa when you're dealing with like fire enemies and stuff like that. So it's it's uh it, it's well done. It's well done. I'm enjoying both games and uh you know we got the award nom- the nominees for the Jeff Healy video game award show coming Monday yep. at noon so when that happens i mean we're going i mean of course this game is going to get nominated for game of the year so it was Elden Ring probably it's the other four the other four will likely be oh man um will Sony get two it's going to be a Nintendo game they they will probably get Horizon Forbidden West as well. Okay. Uh, Remember we talked about this a while ago. I guess we'll see on Monday. <laughs> yeah, the token Nintendo game, right? Has to be. Good one. Well, what did Nintendo have? Because Pokemon, uh, Pokemon, they'll, that... they'll just miss out on Pokemon Scarlet. But there was RCS, another Pokemon that came RCS out came earlier out earlier this year. Right. Either that one or what Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Oh, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 could hit it. Um, Fire Emblem, um, Three Hopes. Mm, nah, because that's like uh, Dynasty Warriors kind of. Oh, it is? Okay, I didn't play this one. Yeah, yeah, that's why I skipped it. Because I like, I like I like my Fire Emblem. I don't like, I think I like actual Land Fire Emblem. I going to be the token indie. Yes, I agree. Cold the Lamb is the token indie. Um, uh, if people in the chat are thinking oh, Plague's Tale, I, I haven't. Kirby uh, Cotton Lands could be it. Oh, Bayonetta could be it too. Uh, you know, it, depends on how you like Bayonetta. A lot of people did like it. Uh, but perform wasn't that performance really bad? It's on the Switch. Of course, it's bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, it, they, <laughs> people tend to give the Switch a pass for that. Oh, um, true too. I, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Um, but uh, no, I guess we ready yeah, to move let's, on. Let's just move on to the next topic. And you know, shout out to if you're playing God of War, enjoy it. It's a gem. Savor it. Um, get that. Show that you're playing it by putting your gameplay out there. You know, PlayStation does have a very, very superior way of putting your gameplay. Uh, be careful Twitter. though. Don't be just like the game just came out three yeah, days be, ago. Be, don't be, be tweeting out yeah. main boss fights. Yeah, don't do don't that. be tweeting out 
Kratos decapitating Thor. I don't know if that happens or not. It hasn't happened in, in my <laughs> my play two so far, I so I don't know. We'll see the first but, two boss fights in this game. Is <laughs> yes, they are. They're great. They're great. They but said the, you like were real strong, widow. Yeah, like if you're gonna like tweet out mob, you know, gameplay fighting against mobs and stuff like that. Like, don't be tweeting out like, hey, you know, screenshots of you beating the game and rolling credits is like you got uh uh thir- the last 30 s- seconds of the of the entire ending like d- come on now yeah don't do let's, that. let's 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 be a little considerate to people who who aren't trying to rush through the game and actually want to like take some time and savor it you know yeah so let's move over to our next topic talk about the gears of war animated series that is um confirmed to be coming to uh netflix and um and a live action movie and a live action yeah true and a live action movie that's what I said, that's ultimately gonna come down to casting how they how good they do with that one uh, yes who do you you know think about that who do you think could play well i think it's already a given uh, dave batista, dave batista is going to yeah. be marcus phoenix now I, I might have a minority opinion here but let, let me let me I, i'll i'll explain I'll myself here um, I am. I'll let me give some people some context. I have played through the original Gears trilogy like four times. I have played Gears four and five. Well, four once, five twice, and I've read all the books. Okay, so now you're talking to someone who just like, look, I really enjoy the Gears story, the characters, the world, and all that. Like, I have read all the books. That's it. I would prefer if they did not try to find actors for the for for the live action that are basically trying to be Marcus Dom Baird and Coltrane. I know they're going to do it anyway, but I would prefer that they just. Look, there, there's a ton of gears out there. When, when I say gears, that's like, you know, the soldiers. The, the soldiers that work for the, the, the cog. Uh, the, 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 there's a ton of them out there. In Gears 3, they introduced Jace for the first time. And Jace, in, in lore-wise, had been there the entire time. <laughs> so you didn't even see him until, like, the third game. I just can't. I can't get with them trying to, because this is going to be one of two things. They're either going to do treading over ground that's already been covered by the 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 game and the books. The books covers like so many years prior to the uh, the locust attacking Emergence Day. It covers so much more than that. It's difficult for them to basically try to live up to that. And maybe, and maybe people might be like, well, well slow-mo, like, you may have read the books, but the vast majority of people haven't. Not even a lot of Gears fans have read them. Cool. I understand that. But then maybe just cover things that happened before Gears 1. But I think 
if they try to uh, uh, continue the story or do the, the cardinal sin of, well, you know, it's just a video game. We want to do our own take of the story, um, like Halo. Uh, you're, you're, I think you're going to end up losing people, and there's going to be a problem. The animated series, I think you can have a little bit more freedom to there. And I think if you look at something like Edge Runners, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Edge Runners did so much for Cyberpunk as far as getting people, uh, extenuating the best parts of that game, which is the world and the lore and the, and, and, and the character of the city. And then they, they used a lot of like minor characters in the game in 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 the animated series and then had all the, the the main characters using weapons and 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 cybernetics and stuff that you could readily get in the game it was super smart because it what it did and it worked with me it got a lot of people who weren't really probably going to play cyberpunk ever again or didn't even intend to give it a shot to go give the game a shot I'm pretty sure Microsoft will like that to happen with Gears, right? But you, you're going to have to actually come up with something that is compelling that does that, but then also isn't like treading over the same ground the games have done. Because then, like, why am I going to play the game if the if the anime or the the movie live action movie did the same story already? You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so that's 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 my thought on it. I just don't want it to be I don't want it ruining what was already done with like really good campaigns and I don't want it to just like it be good, but then it's like it's literally the same story as Gears Two or Gears One or something. And it's just like, well, what's the point of even playing the game at that point? Right. All right I'm done. Go ahead. No, I agree with that. I think for most people their fondness of the Gears franchise is based in Gears 1 through 3. And I guess the the reason you make a show like this, especially off of an IP that isn't the same IP as it was during the time that it was, when it was hot, is you're trying to find a way to revitalize it and get people, mm-hmm. people to get back into the franchise or people to be excited to play the franchise. And that's why I think you won't see like perfect is it like it's why you probably won't see like a carbon copy of the story of what it is because they want people to still go back in and you know visit that story. I also feel like it's nothing wrong with having these characters like like Coltrane and everything in it, but maybe they shouldn't be the focus. Marcus Phoenix can be he could be a focus, but it shouldn't be a focus of all the rest of the team as a part of it. it should be like this side thing that you know talks about everything that probably happened leading up to emergence day everything that happened in the uh, i forget the name of the battle and everything that they reference to a lot inside of gears you know i feel like hey, for a um 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 bam reacts in the chat said to turn your mic up a little okay uh thank you but but yeah i think in general it ultimately comes really down to what is cinematically what can you bring that hasn't been done and what is going, cause that's the thing. Gears is all about high octane action. So how are we going to portray that on a screen? How are we going to make these larger than life characters seem 
relatable because it's kind of hard to do that in in this type of game and stuff. So I think they have a very, very tall hill to climb when it comes to that. But I also think that as long as they, they can like touch on the source material, but they shouldn't like the source material shouldn't be the basis of what the show is. It needs to Mm -hmm. be, it needs to be a complimentary part to it that makes people like, Oh, so that's how the, this is where the game side of um, the story picks up. And this is if this is when they went into a different direction. Maybe it could be an alternative, you know, not reality, but, you know, going, you know, talk about the locust side of it. Talk about, you know, being buried and everything like that and how they came through the emergence holes and stuff. Like, what, what was their what was their political reason? Because we the one thing people don't know is the locusts is not just uh enemy race they are it's like it's like almost like a spiritual race the way that they are well they they actually revealed the 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 origins of them in uh in in gears five so it's like it's they they could definitely explore that you know um i i I, but part of the reason why when you see a book uh, a series of books that come out um and those books are like based off of a video game right um those books very rarely are like retelling the story from the game and a lot of them don't even have the characters in the game in them and the reason why is that because they're trying not to one they don't want like major events to happen with characters they're going to use in games again like you they don't want to kill off a character that was in a game in a book and then you don't know what happened to that character when the sequel comes out they don't want to have major story stuff actually get done through books they create new characters that are compelling and then if those characters really hit they'll add them into the game um you know uh, uh a sequel you know as a side character it's like dragon age inquisition did that the, the characters uh in uh a few of the characters that were in the book the dragon age book that came out right before inquisition came out were in a side quest in inquisition right uh the same thing with mass effect 3 uh the whole uh um grissom academy Mm-hmm. Where those biotics, where where the kids with uh, biotic abilities were being attacked by uh, Cerebus and Jack, who was on your squad in Mass Effect Two, was there defending them. That entire academy was in the Mass Effect books. the The character Kaylee Saunders, that was uh, uh, Captain Anderson, was real fond of and really wanted you to make sure that you save her. She is a major character in the first two of those books. Like that's how you kind of like merge different mediums together. And they're going to really do this Netflix thing. Well, you want to create a new characters that people can be, feel invested in, but it doesn't hurt or harm the actual gaming video game media side of things by having them exist in edge run to go back to edge runners. They created uh, a character, David Gonzalez, main character there. You know, he he turned out to have a, a a big affinity to being able to take cybernetic implants without having all the side effects that uh that usually comes with that. And 
he he was awesome. There was a girl, there was a, a net runner there. I forgot her name, um, but like she she's like was 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 super good in the in the in the anime series as well. All those characters, none of them are in the game whatsoever. None of them, and it's like that's a smart way of going about it of of generating interest in the game without actually harming the 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 brand of the characters that are in the game, you know? Yeah. Um, that's true. I think in general, it just ultimately comes back to if you have this, if you have the characters that could push the story forward, you just need, to, that's why I always thought prequels always make sense when it comes to this. Think about, mm-hmm. think about fall of reach. Yes. Perfect example. You already have an existing IP. I mean, by this time, yeah, Halo 1 was coming in. We're working on Halo 2. And the mythos was Master Chief was the only Spartan left. Well, they went back and showed you how that came to be, kind of how it came to be. Right. They kind of, they've kind of done some mini retcons here and there on right. that. But Well, the right. same thing with, like, think about it. How they brung Kelly, Linda, the sniper, they brought. They introduced. Uh oh, Forte, are you eating? No. Uh, uh, is said eating podcast. Okay. Eating Go ahead. Po- no, I'm not eating. Um, if you take Linda Kelly, the sniper, mm-hmm. they were introduced inside of Fall of Reach in the book. Yeah, but so was Fred finally, as well. Fred was too. And guess what? Yeah. They all finally got introduced inside of Halo Guardians, Halo Five, which just happens right. to be probably the worst game to introduce them in because it had like the worst story elements. Yeah, but but had. it wasn't it wasn't their their no, uh, inclusion that was bad. It was it was just it was the, overall the, story. the main story arc was bad. Was the fact bad. that you fought the same boss like twenty times in the game. That was bad, but those three Spartans being in it was a nice nod to those who read the books mm-hmm. and knew who those people were and knew their their backstory and how important they were to the Master Chief and Blue Team. Yep, yep, I agree, and that's why I think that's the best thing that you can kind of get for from something like this. I just feel like they need to find a uh, a unique story that tells something that people not even that people want to know something that people didn't know. And at this mm-hmm. point, the, the gears universe is so big. You can, there's things that they can build it on and introduce those new characters. And maybe those characters, like I said, people will say, well, those characters don't make sense because we already in the gears five. Well, they can always go back just like they did in halo five games. in, you finally get a chance to see some of the people like, Oh, the Spartans aren't all dead. They were they They were just lost and we couldn't find them. And we finally found some of them. You know, that's things that can kind of, you know, come from like, you know, the reception of uh, a movie, a book, uh, a TV show, anything like that. So yeah, I'm I mean, hoping and they, they have history of this already in Gears 3. All the new characters they introduced in Gears 3. And that was the uh, the only one that had four player co-op, I, I believe. Um, and everyone that they introduced. And Gears 3 was a character from the books. Yeah, every one of them. So, like, I I fully expect that with this animated series and, the li- and live action, if they're creating brand new stories and allowing writers to really sh- spread their creative, you know, uh, uh, you know, wings, so to speak, 
and and really deliver on a story that doesn't have to tread over basically tiptoe around work that has already been done by other people i mean it's gonna be some of that anyway because of like right. major events that have happened in the world but like it's if you're not it give you get a lot more creative freedom if you're not just basically using characters that have already been created with their own char- personalities and character archetypes that you can't go out of or people just say that's not authentic that's not how this character would act you ruined this kind of deal you know so it, it gives the writers more freedom and it, i think that you know that's where you get your best stories from right i agree with that so i think we're all truly optimistic about something like this i mean we were very optimistic about the halo show it, it just ended up <laughs> it wasn't horrible but it just wasn't what a lot of people wanted it to be and let's hope that you know microsoft not only gives us what we want to see inside of it you know get the the blood the guts the glory the grit of what a what a gears game could be but let's just make sure they take their time and make it like we don't have to have this game or this movie or this show show up just because of some type of anniversary date you know it just whatever the whatever is ready bring it out then and i think that's what a lot of people would just like to see because i do i would like to see what a gears universe looks like in an animated series or even better yet on a big screen because it, it definitely has the it has the makings of something that could be great if they do it but i also but, i mean like i know it's netflix but they can't skip they can't skimp on the budget no, they can't look, skip on the budget. i mean that they, armor yeah. you know like that armor has to look authentic it has to look sturdy you know not like some paper mache bs that sometimes the armor in the halo paramount plus tv show look like they the spartans looked fine in their armor until they started moving then they then they just looked like just fake and, and it, it needs to have the the armor that they're in needs to have like a weight to it it needs to look like mm-hmm. worn and kind of scuffed and beat up like you need to really put some like like work in the the architecture of the 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 city jacinto and how like that city normally looks like you need to really build sets that really uh would transport the 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 watcher into that world and just see just how hopeless a situation is where you're you're literally in the last city left standing on the planet and and you're just constantly getting bombarded with attacks by monsters from under the ground like that needs to be that that feeling has to be conveyed through through the the uh the film and if uh, hopefully they're they're able to deliver on that but i think it'd probably be far easier for them to to create that kind of atmosphere in an animated series than live action because the budgets are going to be so 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 different all right so let's move over to the next topic our one of our favorite games call of duty i can't believe we're saying that because neither one of us played call of duty that much over the last four or five years (laughs) We just kind of stayed away from it, but this Call of Duty mm-hmm. is um something special. So <clears throat> Jason Strayer put out a tweet. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. Basically saying two days, ago. two days ago. Basically telling people, hey, let's get the record straight. Call of Duty in 2024, the one that's being made by Treyarch, is gonna be um 
is going to be, uh, I think he said something about a deal. He said DLC for 2023. So the one that we're getting next year, he said, is going to be in kin to. It's like a paid, paid a high paid expansion, expansion for Modern Warfare 2. 2. Meaning Which I am kind of game basically. Yeah, because I'm kind of so. I don't know how because like we don't know the official word on how much it's going to cost. But a lot of people are assuming it's going to be seventy dollars. If it's seventy dollars, you're going to need to in order to feel like for people to feel justified in paying that price cost. Which of course we know a lot of the hardcore are just going to get it anyway. But like. In order to really kind of deliver on something like that, you're going to need to have some kind of expansion or a continuation of the campaign. Exactly. I was thinking the same that's, thing. That's like, like minimum five hours, right? You're going to need to be bring finally, what they would, I said they should have did from the start was like, re, like bring back those maps from. Uh, from from the original Modern, Modern Warfare Two, bring shipment like, back. Y- the, yo, the maps need to come back. Like, if you're doing all of that, then it, it, it for people it feels like okay, I am playing all the content that's new for me uh, compared to the the 2022 release that I would typically get in a new annualized Call of Duty. So like that needs to be like how that works, and I'm not quite certain they're gonna do that, you know. But we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's, it's, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm still playing. Of course, I haven't played as much since God of War came out, but it's no guarantee I'm still playing this game a year from now when this comes out anyway. So I, you know, it, it is what it is. What about you? No, I, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm. I'm really still feeling the game. I really like it. I think your explanation on the story beat, I feel like is a valid one. I feel like that is something they definitely need to do. Oh, real quick. Uh, yeah. Rosier, shout out to Rosier down below. He says uh, shipment and shootout is coming season one. So okay. they are putting in the original maps um, so that's before on, then. That's on, so, um, J- that's on December, not December, November 16th. All right, so let me amend what I said for this. This they still need to add more. Twenty twenty three. They need to have maps. enough new maps. Don't pull a Overwatch in Blizzard. Overwatch two is more like I wouldn't even say Overwatch one point five. It's like it's more like Overwatch one point twenty five. Like it's it's a it's a quarter. It's a quarter of of, of, a, of an actual sequel. One point two five. Yeah, like they it, they didn't upgrade the visuals at all there's no visual upgrades of a game that came out in 2016 that's one two they only added three new characters yeah three new characters and i think like two or three new maps so essentially that's an expansion that's that's that not even that that's just an update that's just a seasonal update three new characters three new maps like that's it like I, I get more from you know free to play games doing one of their uh, new season than I get from from Overwatch, and that's the kind of thing that I hope they avoid. And and the reason why I'm even bringing it up is that they're both 
like being ran by Activision. So True. like if, if it's that happens with Overwatch, there's a high chance it could happen with Call of Duty, especially considering how they started implementing some um some quote unquote security measures where they are forcing people to uh forcing people to divulge a phone number to attach to an account in order to play. And it's that happened with Overwatch and it happened with Call of Duty on PC. So I'm not saying everything that, that Blizzard is doing with Overwatch will be reflected on Call of Duty, but you can definitely see some influences there. Yeah. Um so my biggest thing is I, I really like your idea of expanding the story element. Do we really need to get a Modern Warfare 3? Can we just add the campaign to Modern Warfare 3? Because why can't we just add Modern Warfare 3's campaign as part of the DLC for next year and then add some of the maps from Modern Warfare 3 and add some of the, you know, enhance that with some more maps from Modern Warfare 2? And if you want to charge well, 70 bucks for that... The structure by what by the way they do things, it would be Treyarch's turn next, I think. Yeah, Treyarch is so, the twenty twenty four game. Or twenty no, they oh, said Treyarch is twenty twenty four. Sledgehammer okay. Sledgehammer is the is next year. Okay. Okay. Um I, I don't think there's enough time for them to come out with a modern warfare three from in less than a year after dropping Modern Warfare two. That's just not enough time. Um, even with them, even even with them using the same engine, even with them, probably you know, potentially using a lot of the same the same uh, game design and, and weapons and stuff, it's just I don't think that's enough time at, at all. You know, I just so. noticed something in this gameplay. What's up? The attention is I see I'm a I'm a sucker for attention to detail. When I kill I kill these two guys and I pull the pistol out on him. Do you see the bull? You see the gun, the muzzle smoking out of the barrel. Yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't even notice that till I just saw it. I was like, dude, the muzzle is smoking. It's like you've been playing too much Destiny, man. A lot of games I do know, that. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you need to play that. some better games out here to actually do some basic stuff like watch your gun smoke after hey, you man, shoot it. Listen, listen, calm down. Destiny's guns do smoke. They just don't smoke like that. And why you? Mm. And that was a great segue, so because we can move over to that. Let's talk about. And you're gonna. And you could be very slanderous on this if you want. I'll give you the floor first. Destiny Two has huge player drop during the current season of season 18 right now. And um, yeah, he's not lying. It definitely had a huge drop, but there's a reason for that. But I want to hear what Slomo's thoughts on this. Oh yeah, I don't know what the I, reason is. I want I want to hear what Slomo's thoughts of this is. Why did why are Destiny 2 players leaving or going on hiatus at a ma at a massive rapid rate over the course of the last season? They they woke up from their fog <laughs> and they realized I've been wasting my time playing this this boring game. Let me go play something else. That's that's exactly it. It, it, it's it's people are tired of having a second job that you don't get paid for. Instead, you're paying them to do work. 
And so when you're sick of doing work, when you are done with work, <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to go play something else that is actually fulfilling. Okay. Is that all you got? That, that's it. That's all I can say. You say you're gonna... I, I'm not, I have not been engaged in the Destiny ecosystem and since I beat Witch Queen earlier this year. So once I did that, I, I I uninstalled the game and I have not thought about Destiny really at all since then. So, but I'm pretty sure since e- what was that? When did I beat that? That was let me double check. I feel like that was probably I think it was around March. I think it was March April you beat it because I beat it after I know it came out in February, but I beat it after I uh, finished Elden Ring. But uh, let me just double check to make sure when I shut up. Forget you, Flame. Go play Warframe. We got the real space pirate game. Exactly. Even then, (laughs) they're copying other and and, and they've been doing this for a while. But like they're copying other looter shooters. But unlike Fortnite, that copies other you know live service games and then does it extremely well and makes it work for them. I don't really necessarily know whether, you know, like Gambit, they got the idea of Gambit from Halo, uh, Halo 5. But maybe Halo 5, but also the Division last, uh, last thing. Well, yeah, the same that, thing. that too, yeah. I think most um, of Halo 5, though, they, they actually mentioned that in the Vidoc. And Gambit sucks. I'm just here to bug it. Gambit sucks, man. Gambit doesn't suck. Gambit is awful. Gambit doesn't stand. suck. You just can only take so much of it. That means it sucks, no, man. If, it, if you can't, I played a if you lot can't of engage Gambit. with it. I, by the way, I beat it in June. Um, but regardless, it doesn't matter when I beat Wish Queen. They, they, I guarantee there have not been new multiplayer maps put out since then, right? Yes, there has been. They, they have new maps? Yeah, they had one new map. There's <laughs> one. One new map. And how, and how much time? One new nap in five years, it feels like. Disgusting. It's very disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. It's very disgusting. They should be ashamed of themselves. But no, why would they be when... Let me me not... I'm about to say the Destiny doesn't hold hold them accountable. But I think they are finally holding them accountable. I have to shout out the Destiny community because I used to get on them for basically just taking it. Just, just, just bending over and taking it from Bungie, mm. complaining about things, but you still playing the game on a daily basis. And and as far as you play, you're playing the game and spending your money on glimmer and bright dust or whatever to get to get cosmetics and and buying them a hundred dollar expansions. You, they don't care about you complaining because you're spending money, and that's all they care about. That's all they want. But now that Y'all not playing as much as y'all used to. And shout out to our friend Ash and Luca, who I don't know when the last time she jumped on Destiny. When y'all when y'all not playing no more, like one of my, my my good close friends is a is a Destiny crackhead. He's a death Destiny huge Destiny crackhead, <laughs> and he been playing grounded. Good for him. Play play some play some Halo Infinite uh, co op campaign with me this week. He, he he'll still jump in Destiny every now and then, but he's done no life in the game. And good for y'all. Stop no life in 
stuff that doesn't benefit you at all. Okay. Like it, it's, it's, it's a drug. I don't know what it is. They must be doing some kind of subliminal messaging in the gameplay. They did they, they, they interwove it in the code to make y'all addicted to keep playing this game. That's doing nothing for you. It's doing nothing for you. So okay, you sound like Key Thrash right now with the double repeat of the words. <laughs> Shout out to shout out to, shout out to homie flame with the two dollar super chat says slow-mo we should admit destiny has a pvp side to it how about bungie admit that destiny has a pvp <laughs> side to it that's probably more accurate because it's like <laughs> it's like they forget like hey this is a pve game but oh wait a minute there is a pvp element to it that we just yeah. really don't support <laughs> How about y'all stop introducing PVE elements that break your PVP? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, like most games that have a PVP and a PVE side have learned that you need to balance it for, so that P, so that your that you, your PVE only players aren't being hurt by you nerfing things. You have to have it separate, you know. Like you can't nerf. Uh, a gear set that people enjoyed and works great in PVE because of PVP. Because you got people who don't even do the PVP that's just like, well, look, I don't even do that. But you're now making me have to build a whole nother, you know, build because you nerfed my uh, my gear. True. But then you also can't have the PVP only people having this completely worthless stuff to them being introduced into the pvp side that's breaking the balance of the game you have to balance both bungie just refuses to and they wait until after people complain for something that's like common freaking sense like like what was the the name of the the the, the abilities where it was like freezing people what was that called stasis again? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was stupid. Why, why would you allow that in PvP? That's stupid. But they did it. And it, it should have been common freaking sense. But no, you know, when you don't care about PvP, then you don't think about those things until the community tells you. So, yeah. Good job, you. Yeah, I think for myself, the biggest thing that ultimately um, is the reason for this happening is Partly, you are right. They definitely, from a, from a PvP standpoint, they definitely need to add more content to the game when it comes to that, when it comes to maps and stuff. That ain't the issue when it comes to PvE. E PvE got way too much stuff to do. There's so, there's, there is an abundance of stuff to do. But you want to know what the problem is, Slomo? It's that? It's boring at this point. There is nothing. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, what? You heard me. Say what? It's boring. Uh, wait, wait, wait. It's it boring. It's boring. It's, it's, <laughs> it's legit boring. Like, we just. Destiny's listen, boring. Listen, we just got. No, the thing is. Destiny's De no, boring. Destiny. Yeah, well, again, Destiny's boring right now. Borstiny. That's, that's what we're going to call it. Yes. Borstiny. It's boring right now. And you know why it's boring right now? It's because the things that and I and I actually recorded it voiceover for this and I just gotta put gameplay to it because that's my next video. The thing about Destiny right oh, now. Oh yeah, definitely do a do a video talking about how boring Destiny is now. Do that. I'm watching that. I'm gonna retweet <laughs> it out. I'm gonna I'm, do I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make sure a, the, 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 I already made the audio for it. So 
It's about a 12 minute video of me ranting about what needs to be better. But the biggest, the biggest thing that's really happening here is everything that of note is the chase for in this game. Isn't it's nowhere near what it used to be. Like we used to have guns, like not forgotten that you had to get the 5,500 in comp, you know, one of the hardest things to do inside of the game, you know, play that much and be that good at the game to actually make it to the top of that mountaintop. And now stuff like that, where those weapons were so good that it made people literally pay other people to do their accounts, to get them to get that weapon. Cause it was so, so amazing to have it. But that type of stuff's not there anymore. Stuff like Luna's How, not there anymore. Mountaintop. Uh, grenade launchers weren't even a, even like the easiest thing to use back at the beginning of Destiny 2. And Mountaintop was one of the best PvE rocket, I mean, uh, grenade launchers you could have in the game. And once they sunsetted that, it's like, okay, so what's next? They never really truly replaced any of this stuff. There's been weapons that have moved the needle. You had guns like Anarchy, which was a really good grenade launcher, but then they finally nerfed it because it was like the go-to damage option for everybody inside of the game, which I understand that, but they never replaced it with anything. And so at this point, it's like you're doing all of this hard content. You're doing these raids. You're doing these Grandmaster Nightfalls. And it just feels like you're checking a list. It's like a checklist right now. It's like, okay, I did that. Oh, I did that. And then we have like these, these seasonal events. Like we just had the Halloween event, which was Festival of the Lost. And I found myself barely playing it. It's like, I don't want to do any of the mundane stuff that they want you to do. I'll do a little bit of it. But once it gets to a point where it feels like it's a job, because that's the one thing about Destiny to a lot of people. Technically, you it, it's almost a job because of how much time and effort you have to put into it to stay, you know, up to date with it. But it doesn't feel like that. The game literally started feeling like that this season. And it always happens went in like the last half of a year of a DLC. We know Lightfall is about five months out because it comes out in February. So we're on that back, we're on that back half. And now you're starting to see like the the you're starting to see the the kinks in the armor when it comes to what Bungie's doing when it comes to these seasonal activities. Uh I just don't feel like they're really hitting that note that they usually do hit and they normally don't because they always say go play something else that's why i'm so thankful for games like god of war and games like you know um call of duty being out right now because i play more of those right now than i play any of destiny if it wasn't for the fact that taz is still over there playing and wants me to play with them when they want to do certain things i wouldn't be playing at all because there's really nothing to do I'm in that mode right now where I just log in, get my weeklies done. I want to get ready for next season because next season starts, uh, I think it's December 6th. So I want to be ready for that because there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to happen with the game when that happens. But right now, people are just like kind of tired of where the game is and there's nothing of note to keep you there. So I don't want to rant on it about a lot, you know, you know, we, you know, destiny is destiny and it's going to get better. We always know they're going to throw out a sweet trailer. That's going to talk about season 19 and everybody's going to be super excited. And then I'm going to come on the show and I'm going to say, slow-mo, you see what Bungie did? Bungie's the Kings of marketing and they know how to get their play base excited, which they know how to do. 
but I just need them to do it more consistently, not at the beginning of the season. I need to entice people to want to continue to keep playing the game during the season and not want to fall off and say, why is this game so boring right now? And that's kind of where 90% of the community is right now. But other than that, slow-mo, you got anything else you want to say about this, this game before I move on? That we spent more time on this game okay. than Destiny is spent on this PvP, so we should move on. Okay, let's let's move on. Moving on to our second to last topic, we have Remedy announces Control Two. Someone, did you see this coming? Uh, yes, actually, um, we uh had some information. Yes, we did. That uh. Remedy was working on this months ago, mm-hmm. so I, I was already aware that this was in the works. But it's uh, good to see them announcing it. Um, it's probably likely still in pre-production, uh, so I'm not expecting it to come out anytime soon. But I would love to see like uh, advancements with their Northlight engine. That's very very CPU heavy uh, as far as like um, as far as uh, its game physics and and what what it does but at the same time um they remedy likes to be on the cutting edge of things and they were one of the first uh developers out there that was pushing towards like implementing ray tracing and and dlss and stuff like that uh i'm really excited for 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 what they're going to do there are a couple of things that i would like um improved from control um one is the map is horrendous it's probably one of the worst maps i've ever seen you see it on the screen right game. now <laughs> yeah it's it's an awful 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 map and it so they gotta do better with that i actually had a list of things i actually had a list of things that uh um i had uh spoke on that i would like to see improved and um uh, where is that list? Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, I would like them. And I say this about all remedy games because Sam Lake is a good writer, but Sam, we don't need like, like we're not reading a book here, we're playing a video game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, can you, can you stop with the over-reliance of documents and correspondence to tell the story and, just get more cutscenes. Like I, 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 in Quantum Break, there was a character, the actually actress that is the main actress in Control, is actually in a side character. She plays a side character in Quantum Break, and I think her story is the most compelling story in the entire game. But we don't see any of it. You just mm-hmm. read about it, and it's just like little things like that kind of irk me. Um, a lot of what half is happening in the story for control is happening through reading it so a lot for a lot of the people they don't really engage with control story they just like the gameplay because it's hard to understand what's going on so i think they got to do balance that a little bit better uh they did only did mocap for the main the main characters in the game and not even all the main characters because that 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 woman that's like the assistant to the director um her face is a mocap and she's in a, in a good portion of all the dialogue it's like it's obvious when they didn't mocap characters faces uh for for uh certain scenes and when they did 
Uh, and it's it, they need to just mocap everybody that's going to have a speaking a major speaking role go, going forward. And then the last thing I would like to see improved is like get rid of those useless mods. You you pick up all these mods every time you kill someone. It's just they just spitting out mods for your guns everywhere. But the majority of them are trash. You don't really need them. A lot of them. And I just <laughs> I, I I stuck to like one mod where like uh every time that those little lights little little like bright dust or whatever it was would, would come out of an enemy it if I ran by it it would give me health recovery like I stuck with that the entire game and some of the other mods that of like uh um um to, that gave boost to uh the push and in the shield and stuff like that like i stuck with those like i and once i found mods that that were like really good i never changed it and they never gave me a reason to change it because the bulk of it is just trash to get to get uh deconstructed and so they make those improvements and and i think they're gonna have a, a real major hit on their hands what about you man yeah, I'm kind of the same. The, the mod system is kind of all over the place. And shout out to Flame. He said those mods have feelings too, slow-mo. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm in the same place. But uh, also, shout out to Glacian3 with the $5 super chat. Says, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans. Happy Stansfield Days to all the bots. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, thanks for the uh, super chat love, bro. Uh, really appreciate it. But um, yeah, I feel the same way. I just think the one thing is like when you have the main uh, protagonist, like how well the mocap is on her, you could definitely see how they skimped on a lot of other people. <laughs> it's like it's not it's not it's like it's like compared to what they did with Quantum Break. Like where it felt like everything was mocap. Like down down to just the enemies running around the environment and stuff. It felt like it was all done in sequence with each other. It just seems like mm -hmm. they kind of. I'm not gonna say phoned it in with this because I don't think they. I don't think they did that. I just think that since this game was a little bit more open compared to Quantum Break, where you're a little bit more closer to the character and stuff, I feel like they just felt like that things were a little bit further away and they didn't have to do that extra polish when it came to like the mocap so they could get away with just animating and stuff like that. Um, especially like you said, when it comes to faces, but I also think that's because you're not really in people's faces like you were in quantum break in this game too. A lot of stuff yeah. is happening from afar. Um, but that, but that also comes back to the pedigree of remedy Remedy has always been really good and known for that. And when you don't do it as well as you normally do it, people notice it, especially in your games. So that's something that I definitely think they uh, could do better with. Um, the one thing I really liked about Control is when it came to just the environments, the particle effects and stuff. I'm really I'm a, I'm a huge sucker of just in, uh, environmental effects and stuff shown in the game. I mean, you mm -hmm. saw me just you know, go over like, oh my God, there's smoke coming from the barrel on that gun. You know, one thing that really, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you were really stuck on yeah, that. <laughs> I was, because like, I like stuff like that. You know, that was the main reason that, like, the no lie, the reason I upgraded to NVIDIA, because this is when I was running a Radeon, I think a 7970, um, the dual GPU that Radeon had for um, um, back then. I was playing Warframe with that. 
And the fact that I couldn't get uh, NVIDIA Phys X with the particle effects is the reason I switched to NVIDIA, NVIDIA because I wanted to have the particle effects and you couldn't get that on an AMD card. So like it, it really enhances the experience. And the one thing I think this game has in space is it really makes you like feel a part of the environment when you got all of the sparks and all of the projectiles and everything float through the sky. I think that's the one thing that I liked about quantum break the most, even though in the game wasn't the greatest, I liked the presentation of the game. And I think control has a really, really good presentation, but I want to see that taken up to another level, knowing that, you know, the lowest denominator is yes, the Xbox series S, but it's definitely leaps and bounds better than what we got with the Xbox One S and X when it comes to that CPU performance. I want to see a lot more emphasis put on the performance of the game, and I want to see all that stuff flowing a little bit more. I don't have to That's have... That's true. I don't have they, to... Yeah. They went too hardcore. Way with, too with, hardcore. With, yo, the, the hardware that was out when this game came out was nowhere near capable. A P, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X were not capable of handling this game. No. Not at Shoot. all. PCs, most PCs. Actually, no, all the PCs <laughs> were struggling. <laughs> struggling. I think struggling. this game, when this game came out, I think the the most powerful GPU at the time was a twenty eighty Ti, and the most powerful CPU was the i nine nine ninety nine hundred K. Ninety nine hundred K, yeah. And I'm talking, you couldn't get 60 FPS in this game with ray tracing um, set to max and everything. I actually installed this game. Yeah, how is it now uh, with briefly. your 3080 Ti? Yeah, like, like, like when the announcement came out, I was like, oh yeah, man, let me, I haven't tested this game with my new GPU yet. Because I always like, do I get a new GPU? Let me test out, you know, I, this is like the benchmark test that, you know, that the people typically do. Let me go ahead and test this out like on like the more difficult games. Control used to be one of those games when you watch the benchmark videos on YouTube that uh like it was one of those games that's always there and they always test the hardest games to run to let you know how good the GPU is compared to other GPUs. And so I got I reinstalled control, played through that one little that that the music box thing where it's like you go into like this whole other like dimension and you're like you gotta like uh take down like this tower by like completing objectives in like these four areas. And so I did that and um it ran pretty well. I mean I I played it at uh at at um, I didn't do 4K because, uh, once again, one of my pet peeves with PC right now is that a lot of games that come out, they don't give you the option to switch displays, right. which is like, like I have a dual display and one's a 4K display and the other one is a, is a 1440p display. Sometimes like, I want to play things in, in 4K 60 instead of 1440p 120 um and i wanted to try this at 4k max settings because i know that like the 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 car is capable of it but unfortunately i had to do with uh 1440p but even then so look i got 9700k cpu um overclocked to 4.7 gigahertz i got 32 gigs of ram i got you know nvme ssd storage and my 3080 ti bruh 1440p max settings and max ray tracing with with DLSS off 40 frames per second. Oh wow. 
turned DLSS on and it was uh, like 75. With ray tracing off, it stays above 100 frames per second the whole time. But with ray tracing on, like the ray tracing is really heavy in that game. Really heavy. Yeah. I I think a lot of people are going to kind of be excited to try this game because it was one of the better games out there and I think a lot of people really, really enjoyed it. So if you're a fan, definitely be on the lookout for more information and stuff that comes out from Remedy about this. I know me and Slow Move will definitely be giving this game a go when it comes out because guess what? It's going to come out on PC day and date, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's going to be a while though. We, it's we, gonna we be waiting. We're going to wait. Gonna wait. Gonna wait. Gonna wait a minute. All right. Moving over to our final topic. Let's do it. Bioware teases the next Mass Effect with a GIF on N7 Day. And now his GIF has been decoded as well as all the audio <laughs> stuff. I'm telling hard. you, the Bioware community, like, the, they, they knew what they was doing. Like, no, we're we going to give them the most difficult stuff to figure out. We're going to make them do work. And they, within 24 hours, before N7 Day was over, they had already decoded that audio and everything. And and so the audio, fortunately, I don't know if you saw the uh, the information. So the audio is Liara uh, to Sony. So it's, it's Liara from the original trilogy, and okay. she's talking about how um, the council would be upset with something um, that the humans did, and they should not have doubted like the humans' ingenuity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you combine that with what the GIF is, which is like some kind of space station being built and then in the audio laws they kind of discuss like some person that was running the project has like a human name but then there's also other people that have like alien names too and here's my theory my theory is uh that the humans are building their own mass effect relay because all the you know at the end of mass effect 3 all the relays were destroyed destroyed yeah I think the humans are building their own relay, which because I think that they believe there is one relay that is still active, and it's the relay where Shepard is, who's still alive, and they want to go get Shepard back. So that's what I think is happening, and the council was probably against it or whatever because it, it, the whole galaxy is trying to recover after the Reaper the Reaper War, mm-hmm. but. I, I think that's what was going on. Uh, of course, I don't think it's probably not right and it's probably not super accurate because why would they be revealing major plot stuff to us at this point when they can't even show us like an actual trailer of the actual game yet? Like it's too early for that. But I, I I'm I'm excited just to see what happens. Um, I, I'm hoping Bioware is capable of handling this mike gamble who was on the team for the first three games is the lead director now uh which i think i'm hoping he's up to the challenge and i'm hoping that he isn't just someone who was uh tapped for this position because he's like one of the few old school bioware people that are still left you know, like, like you stick around, imagine like you, you know, you've never been, you know, director material and you've been working somewhere for 20 years and you've just been, Hey, I've just been that guy that does programming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now you're lead director. 
Like, are you capable of doing this? Cause you've never been lead director before right. and all the other directors that did an excellent job, they all work somewhere else. So like, it's, it's, I'm not trying to be dismissive of gamble and that saying that he can't get the job done, but it's something it, like it, ne it needs to be said that like, that's probably going to be the, the hill he, he has to overcome, you know? Yeah. There's a, I mean, there's even more to it than that. It just ultimately comes down to you also got to, as much as we say Mass Effect 4 or Andromeda isn't a true Mass Effect game in the sense of what people consider what we had with the three-part series, he still has to overcome even that. Like, a lot of people, their last taste of what Mass Effect was was not a good one. Yes. So they're going to be expecting, especially if you're, especially if all this stuff is true about, like you just said, about the relays and the human relay, and they're building another relay to go get Shepard. Uh, the moment you speak the word Shepard, you instantly are on a hook for what people are like emotionally going to be attached to what you're going to be doing with this game. And if you don't even do that right, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, a very, very, not even tall hill to climb, but a hard one, too. I have another theory. You yeah. ready? Yeah, I'm ready. The main protagonist will not be Shepard. Oh, it won't be. I know that. Who you th what yeah. you thinking? What are you thinking? I, I, I'm thinking the main protagonist will be a human from um, a refugee from Earth who, uh, maybe not a refugee, but someone, you know, remember Mass Effect 3. The uh, Captain Anderson yep, was yeah, fighting true. on Earth the entire time while Shepard was trying to build an army, yep. you know, build to to defend Earth. But like, we don't really know anything about like outside of just like you know uh, the Admiral and Anderson telling you, you know, it's it, it's just bad right now. <laughs> like, I mean, outside bad. of that, yeah, outside of that, we don't really know what was really happening on earth we just know a lot of the cities were destroyed and mm -hmm. the reapers were hard to fight what if the new protagonist is a, so, someone who was a civilian who joined the rebels um and so like there's someone that's completely new would be someone completely new to the franchise and um it, it'll allow the player to like learn about this person and, and kind of build from there but like Shepard is still going to be a part of the story, but what if Shepard becomes like your Garrus Valerian? Man, I'm telling you, bro. As long Shepard as... becomes Man. the one of your your crew after you rescue him, and now it's because like this is the reason why I think that they will want to do that. And it's something that uh, David Gator, who is the who was the lead writer on the Dragon Age series for them, said in regards when there was an announcement that Amazon prime video was going to be doing a tv series on mass effect people were asking him what were his thoughts on that and he was kind of apprehensive he said you know well, you know much respect to them good luck to them i wouldn't want to be touch that though and he wow. explained why he and and it, people kind of like he tried to explain it on twitter but he also has his own youtube channel he's kind of done he's retired in in game development right and i'm sorry not david gator uh th no, david gator did say that on twitter it was mark dara mark who dara, was one yeah. of the directors has his own youtube channel and he and he kind of expounded off of what 
David Gator had said on on Twitter, and he was like, essentially, the way they wrote the stories for Mass Effect and Dragon Age, like in order to keep players to feel like they have full engagement in the story, they really kind of didn't give too much personality and character like right away to uh your gray warden in dragon age origins or hawk in dragon age 2 the inquisitor in dragon age inquisition shepherd in in the trilogy because if you give too much emotion and too much personality to those characters there're going to be people who are going to uh resonate with that and there's going to be people who won't and if you're not resonating really with the main character, you, you, you can potentially lose people in this kind of game. So what they did was they put all of their writing into the side characters. Your, your Miranda Lawson's, your Thanes, your, your Garrus, your Tali, all these characters, uh, or not Rex, all these characters with great personalities, great backstories, all this comp conversation you have with them. And that's like the beauty of those series. When people talk about Mass Effect, they, they talk glowingly about these characters that are memorable. And so that's kind of like with this kind of RPG, that's the way you got to make it work. People want Shepard back. Well, all right, they're going to give you Shepard. But now they're going to give you a Shepard that actually can can like, and he's been through so much with their previous trilogy and being nearly killed, saving the galaxy, you can wipe away all the old stuff and almost make him like, you know, like maybe he's a little jaded now. Maybe he's a little bitter, you know, maybe he's a, he's the kind of a different person. Maybe he's not like, I'm not really out here trying to save the galaxy no more. I did that already. And I ain't really trying to do it. I'm here, but I'm but I don't really, really want to be here. Now you can kind of give him some some an agenda that if people don't resonate with it, fine, because right. you now have a different protagonist. I, I I think that's what they'll do with it. But, but that's just my theory. Yeah, Rob the guy says say what you guys want, but Mass Effect Four is get had really good gameplay. I it's agree. the best. It's, it's the, the best, best combat of all of in, from Mass Effect ever. But that's the only thing, the only thing. that it has going for it is the is the great combat, which, unsurprisingly, um, you know, little, little food for thought here. When the original Mass Effect team that did one through three was working on Andromeda, the only thing they really did was nail down the combat. Yep, that's it. When they switched everything over to the B team. Bioware Montreal that that screwed everything else up. Bioware Montreal didn't have to do the combat. <laughs> yeah, they, they that was already done for them. <laughs> right. But it also, but like I said, well, Rob, that, that's the other thing. Just think about the evolution of the gameplay and combat from Mass Effect One, Two, and Three. Like being slow, it got better every it time. It got better every time, and. And that was the one thing that, and I'll give Somo the credit for this mostly because he was the first one to say, and I agreed with him. When this Legendary Edition came out, we still believe Mass Effect 2 is the GOAT, but we also knew with the refinements that they're making inside of the game in general and people being able to play these games back to back to back to back and not having to wait two or three years like most of us had to when we played them when they first came out, and really get the time to be attached to a game for a while. 
we said that it was a good chance that Mass Effect 3 was going to be everybody's favorite one of the trilogy because yep. Mass Effect 3... Especially brand new players. Brand new yep. people? Man, Mass Effect 3 is freaking incredible. It's just that mm-hmm. there were sections of Mass Effect 2 that you sat on. Like, this, there's nothing... There's, there's no game that will ever give you... I won't say ever... But no game to this point has ever given us anything like the suicide mission was. And that mm-hmm. is the pinnacle of what a game can give you at the end. But when it comes to everything else, Mass Effect 2 does it and it does it well. And the three does it better. It, but three yeah. does it better. And, and, yeah, three, and you three can't, does take combat that, better can't take it away from it. it. Yeah. It, 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 it took away having to scan planets. Yep. Um, it took away, it, it, it really. Uh, there was a lot more uh the stakes were higher not just for the main story because it's the end of a trilogy but the stakes were higher for like the side quest too they were and and again and like take tally the quarians and the geff like you you resolve that issue you resolve the issue with uh the solarians and the uh um uh what's what's, what's the name of the race I, i'm having a brain fart right now it's what's the name of the race that wrecks Oh, the Krogan, part, uh, Krogan. Krogan, yes, like the with the 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 Krogan genophage. Yeah. yeah, like you resolve so many, like the impact of the things that you did are so much more uh, uh, stronger in three over two. Uh, in addition, just the, the combat being better, but two, I still think is the superior game for the. I think the writing yes. was there because Drew Carpenter, the guy who created the entire Mass Effect world, really um was still on board he only mm-hmm. did part of three and you you had uh characters some of the best characters in the entire series are in all of two but only partially in three right if not at all if they it's didn't all, if they yeah. didn't survive two so yeah yeah i think and, and just ending that i think the biggest thing for me was we talk about the suicide mission being the creme de la creme, but I also think Mass Effect 2 by far had the best DLC. That DLC. Oh, yeah. The DLC. Lair the Shadow Broker, Arrival. Um, DLC, man. Yeah. That yeah. DLC was something. <laughs> and, and Lair the Shadow Broker was a DLC that could be done during the, your your run through the campaign or afterwards. Now, you could do all of them afterwards, but Story-wise, doing some of the DLC in Mass Effect after you completed the game didn't make sense. It didn't make sense, yeah. And 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 something that really annoyed me was the Citadel DLC for Mass Effect Three is really good, but at the end of Three, the Citadel was destroyed. Yeah. So why you can't, so, can't do yeah, it? Yeah, and it end. didn't come out until like months after, after the, the game, game launched. So a lot of people beat the game. And the only way, like, to not have it just seem like weird and awkward, to that you're running around in a citadel that doesn't exist anymore, is to run through the game again, which of course a lot of people did. But like, it's just, yeah, the, the way that was designed, I, and that, that's always been another pet peeve of mine, is that when people, when developers come out with expansions on games that aren't a continuation of the story. Like make let arrival is a continuation of the story at the end of Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect Two, and leads and the the reason why you are 
you are uh, arrested and in jail at the beginning of Mass Effect 3 is due to directly the actions that Shepard took in Arrival. Mm-hmm. But most games, like, I really enjoyed the Outer Worlds, but the Outer Worlds expansions have nothing to do with the main story. And they came out after, much after the game, I beat the game. So I have, like, zero desire to actually go through those expansions again. I heard they're good. Yeah, I heard they're good, too. But I'm not, and, and but, like, when the first one came out, and everybody was like, oh, this expansion is great. I had already beaten the game. Obsidian didn't create some kind of, like, design some kind of way for me to be able to leave the the final like area of the game mm-hmm. to go do that quest so i would either have to have had multiple game saves which i didn't have for that game or start over just to do their expansion that they spend all that extra time on and it's just like yeah i'm not doing it so nope i'm with you and a lot of games messed that up i think nope i'm with you and i agree with that 100 percent. just it's gonna be fun and and i do agree with somebody in the chat they said i wish they flame if they said he said i wish they finished one thing before they start another <laughs> yeah but which I, I actually said this to him um they were much better at managing this um, when the doctors were uh, the when founders the of Bioware were yeah. still around, but uh, they've always had two teams. The the Dragon Age team is a completely separate team of a hundred developers um, from the Mass Effect team, which is a completely separate team of a hundred developers. Mm-hmm. At least they were that that was how they. So when they came out with Mass Effect One, then uh, they did Mass Effect. But I think before Mass Effect Two came out. Dragon Age Origins came out. It did. And even before then, the Dragon Age team was the team that worked on Jade Empire, whereas the the Mass Effect team worked on Knights of the Old Republic. So they have always had two different separate teams that were working on two completely separate games all at once. And it's it they were high quality games and it worked out just fine until ea so yeah well sir midnight we need to go back to playing some god of war <laughs> right right <laughs> gotta right. get back to some god of war um but really really appreciate everybody that's come through uh if you want to pull up your channel members Lama, we can do that real quick i got mine's up already get you a chance to pull yours up all right and um once again, um, the people that support us on this level with memberships, with super chats, you guys are, you are the real MVPs. You make the channel go. You make both our channels succeed. On top of that, and it's just good to have you guys here, no matter what. You always rock with us, and we really appreciate that. But shout out to the members. We got the homie Dragonheart Yobi. We got Cam Solo. We got uh, Texas. We got I'm a Rich Swag Lord. Ramon Terrell. Hargi Chani. Sir Taz 117, Stardust Acero, Brap, Basement Radio Arcade Podcast, Corey Hale, the homie Elder Cat, Cat Daddy Lurks, Erotimus, Slow Mo Backslap, DJ Oris, and that guy Smitty. Really appreciate you guys. And um, what about you, Slow Mo? 
I got Jerk Daddy Lurk, Cat Daddy Lurk, uh, who who's forcing me to play Dead Space Remastered in January. Nice. Shout out to you, you jerk. Uh, Dragon <laughs> Dragon Heart Yobi, Enrique Hargishani, Texas, Ham. Um, Ham from um, TSWS Gaming, True Serum, Big Mike, Erodimus, Ramon Terrell, Homie One Kenobi, Bunty, Sir Taz, Gaming Forte, Corey Hill, Stardust Acero, and that guy, Semede. So, yeah, we definitely appreciate you guys supporting us in this way. And uh, we will be back next week for yes. certain um, at a more normal time, yeah, uh, Thursday. Nice. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my channel, you know, as usual. I'm going to drop some content on the DPS channel. We haven't uh, given that some love in a little while. Um, um, please uh, sub to that. I'm actually going to pull up the uh... <laughs> cat to your rain. Uh, hope you're enjoying. I hope you're enjoying um, um, uh, Ragnarok. Uh, but uh, yeah, what's up, bro? Um, I'm gonna give me a second, I'm gonna pull up the uh, like channel. No, yeah, yeah, you're good, go ahead and pull that up. But um, yeah, so yeah, we will see you next week on Slow Mo's channel. It's gonna be a great time over there, regular time, 9 p.m. EST, Thursday night. It's gonna be fun, and um, I'll see if I can start working on getting uh, Slow Mo to be ready to play the game Callisto Protocol, which comes out in about three weeks. I'm not playing it. Oh, you will be. I'm. You will be. I, I ain't seen nothing that 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 that, that forces seen, me to you, play. You it. ain't seen it yet, but you will. Yeah, I, I until I see it, I ain't playing it. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, hear, you, you hear that? You hear that, chat? You, 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 right. you see cat? daddy with those with that devil face? Yeah, whatever well, you can do with devil face, all you want. I don't see nothing there that says I gotta play it. I ain't playing no daggone Callisto Protocol. Y'all can keep. That nonsense. <laughs> I I don't even like watching the trailers, so I'm good. <laughs> All right, guys, really appreciate you. We will see you guys in um, the week next week. Enjoy your games. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the things that you're playing. Have a good night. Peace. Peace. <laughs>